Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Lake Mount Young Adults Podcast. We are the Young Adults Ministry of Lake Mount Worship Center, and we are on a mission to connect young adults to the life-changing presence of Jesus Christ. We meet every Monday night at 7 p.m., and we'd love to have you join us. You can find more information on our socials, but in the meantime, we hope you enjoy the message for this week. our leadership team because sometimes we say hey go to our leaders and I'm like maybe they don't know who they are so I'm gonna get all of our leaders if you're wearing one of the leader tags to just stand and face that way so yes okay so these are the guys that you want to approach to actually say I'd like to serve I'd like to serve by hostessing hostessing would you like a table uh, in the connections, in the cafe, on media, on the prayer team, wherever we could use you, these are the guys that you want to go to and get filled in. Also, these are the ones that are allowed to pray for you. Okay, sometimes we'll say, like, pray for each other, and that's cool, but if people are praying at the altar, it's usually people that we've approved so that you don't get weird words and then we're following up for three months because you're like, what just happened? Okay, so... Everybody see them? Snapshots. All right. Give them the hand because these guys work tirelessly. Pray for you guys. Every week they're just pouring out their giftings and their callings to make this a special place for you guys. So these guys are top notch. Right. All right. We have a special treat tonight. This isn't a sermon illustration. This is a four by seven panel. So we are going to have four of our leaders speak to you on one topic tonight. The topic being devoted. So four different perspectives, all filled with the Holy Ghost. Okay, because who knows, you can read one scripture and somebody else can read it and you come away with something totally different, but it's the revelation of the Holy Spirit because he's growing wisdom and revelation in us as we read the word. So I'm going to invite Elliot, Annika, Elijah, and Megan to come and join us. Woohoo! All right, I get the green nasty stool. There is an order, but I remember it, so you guys are good. You can sit wherever you want. All right, so our first up is going to be Mr. Elijah Allison. All right, so here's the rules, guys. Amening is cool. Wanted, needed, desired. Just don't distract. Is this on? Okay, you know, I was sitting down there, and I was like, man, we're really socially distant up here. There's lots of space. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Okay, so if you're taking notes, I'm a little bit OCD, so I'm going to kind of break it down for you. Again, the theme, devoted, we're all under that. Second Chronicles 16.9, and then I am Elijah, speaking first, because, I mean, come on, please. Um, <laughs> my title is Stick to Your Devotionals, and I auto-caps on devotion. Wonder why. Anyways, so mine's kind of in two different parts. Point one, 
point two or part one, whatever. Anyways, number one, you are devoted whether you're a Christian or not. If you're not a Christian in this room and you see devoted and you think it's a little Christianese, newsflash, you're devoted. Being devoted is a human function. It's not a choice. It's natural. Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters. Either you hate the one and love the other or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You are always pulled somewhere by your devotion, whether you're a Christian or you're not. It doesn't matter. As a Christian, you have to choose your devotion every single day or the world will do it for you. Uh, he gave his life to us. We give ours to him. Be devoted to God and be transformed by his word. Whether, you're, whether you like it or not, you are devoted to something. You are currently devoted right now in this room. And being devoted isn't... Like, oh, yeah, I'm Christian, but, like, I do this or whatever. Being devoted is not a two-way street. It's a one-way road, and it's incredibly narrow as well. If you think, oh, yeah, I'm a little bit lenient, the righteous aren't lenient. So good luck being uh, lukewarm, dog. So, again, being devoted is a narrow one-way street, okay? There's no, there's not even a shoulder, okay? Goodness gracious. So you ask me, how do you stick to being devoted? Number two, how to steer and stick to your devotion, which is your life. Being devoted and in devotion to the Lord is your life. Personal example, super excited about this one, guys, okay? How to steer and stick your devotion, personal example. Let me introduce you to this dog named Bella. This, uh, Bella is my uncle's dog, not my dog. If I ask Bella to sit down, Bella will stay standing until her legs crack off. Because she wants me to know that she does not belong to me. True story, literally. I literally couldn't get this dog to do anything, not even take a treat out of my hand. If my uncle told her to sit down, do anything, she would do it before he even finished the last word of his sentence. Because she belongs to him. Bella knows my uncle's voice. She knows when it's him going up the stairs by the crackle of his ankle. She knows it's his truck pulling up. I'm serious, she does know that. In the same way that this dog, Bella, is devoted to my uncle... She does what he says, she does whatever he wants him to do, whatever, sit down, roll over. And she knows when it's him walking up the, up the stairs, she, she knows him intimately. You need to, you need to know, know God that way or else you're not being devoted. Being devoted and it's a one-way narrow street, if you are thinking, oh, is this God, is it not? That is the human function you might not know sometimes. But if you know him intimately, things bounce off, and it stops becoming this, this wide road. It becomes, you know God intimately. You know, like, Bella knows to listen to Uncle Craig. Bella knows when not to listen to me because she's not my dog. So she knows when to listen, but incredibly importantly, when not to listen. Learn God's voice. Learn the way he works in your life uniquely because you're unique. God works in everyone's life a little bit differently. And you need to know uh, what's God and what isn't. So how do you learn how God walks and talks specifically in your life? Doing your devotionals. All caps, devotion. Okay, I was strong about that because I'm like, a little wordplay, get you going. Okay. How do you stay devoted? Be in the word. Listening to God. How do you learn what God says specifically to you? They always say, God's always talking. Are you listening? You might not be listening because you don't know how he talks. How do, you, how do you know how he talks? Read the word, okay? Because in this life, there is good that is God and there is good that is evil. You need to know what is what so you can listen to God and importantly, not listen to what isn't God. When, you're, when you continue in your devotions, your mindset will shift 
from being devoted to something worldly or half in, half out, to being devoted to God. You will know him, you will hear him, and you will see him. And again, importantly, you will know when it is not God, okay? That is so important. Things will start bouncing off. Being devoted removes you from the traps of the enemy, keeps you on the path that God has for your life of devotion. Like I said, being devoted is a lifestyle. So you need to stick on that path. You need to stick with God. Your life stops being unclear of, is this God? Because you know how he sounds. You know how he sees you as well. And as you become more devoted, your life stops coming from you and starts coming from God. You stop asking, God, oh, I want this. You start partnering your life with God and being, how can I help you direct me? Because you want God to direct you. Lord, how can I help you? Not, Lord, how can you help me? Major key. Amen, Elijah. Recap. Everyone is devoted. Even dogs are devoted, okay? You need to actively choose your devotion daily or the world will choose for you. Devotion and being devoted is a lifestyle. To make it a lifestyle, you cannot follow blindly. Like I said, it's a narrow one-way street. If you just, if you don't know God fully, how are you supposed to follow God if you don't know him fully? If you don't know how he speaks to you, if you don't know how he works in your life, how are you ever supposed to do that? If Bella was blind and deaf and you can count the hairs on her, she's just like not quite there. She doesn't know the difference between a crawling baby and a transport truck. She doesn't know whether to listen to Uncle Craig or me, okay? You need to know. You need to know God. And again, you need to actively choose him every single day. You cannot follow blindly. You need to know him. When you live a life of devotion, life comes from God and not from you. When you live a life of devotion, life comes from God, not from you. You partner with him to steer your life. How to keep your devotion, keep your devotional. was awesome. I would like to do something different where you actually pray for us. Yeah. Every speaker, I just want you to pray that we get it. Because you just poured out something that was beautiful. So we're ready to receive. Thank you, Lord, for how unique each and every one of us are. Lord, thank you that... um, Everyone has a different path to Christianity and to knowing you. It's not, it's not, one, it's not one way for everyone. It's, it's unique to everybody. Thank you, Lord, for how you've created us, Lord. Thank you for showing us who you are, each and every one of us uniquely, and seeing us differently, and showing us who we are in you, Lord. I pray, Lord, that after tonight we start thinking, it's not God help me, it's God how can I help you help me. You start a life of partnership with God and you start a life of devotion and being devoted to him. And there is no shoulder on this road, Lord. I pray that it's, it's one way and it's a narrow road to, to knowing you and to being devoted to you, God. I pray that we are transformed by your word. I thank you, Lord, so much for the gift that the Bible actually is to us. Every single word is God-breathed, Lord. And I thank you for this word. Thank you that we can read this Bible and know who you are and see you in a new way. And, Lord, thank you for life after today. And, Lord, I pray that today you change us and you transform us. You see us differently. You know us differently. Thank you, Lord, for empowering us as well to stay in a life of devotion, Lord. Amen. Sorry, I forgot prayer. Amen. No, you didn't forget. I inserted it. You did great. Awesome. All right. You can clap again.
fans. All right. Our next speaker is Annika DeFrancesco, but not for long. How many more sleeps? <gasps> Quentin does. <laughs> Just counting. One of us is counting. That's what I said. Okay, awesome. Well, now you all know that my name is Annika, and we're concentrating on the theme of being devoted. And Second Chronicles 69 is the theme verse for the year, and it says, The eyes of the Lord roam throughout the earth, looking to show himself strong to those who are wholeheartedly devoted to him. So the good news is that God wants an intimate relationship with us, and his eyes are looking over the earth for people who reciprocate that desire. So tonight, I want to talk about how when we are devoted to God, we have an intimacy with him that we don't have with anybody else. So it's like in a marriage, 60 more sleeps, it's like in a marriage, <laughs> you have an intimacy with that one person that you don't have with anybody else, and that relationship is distinct, it's separate, and that intimacy is built on love and trust, and it's cultivated through shared experience, shared vision, vulnerability, and honesty. And those are my four points tonight. Totally just said them out of order, but that's okay. It's the same in our relationship with God. We cultivate that with him in the same way. So if you're taking notes, point number one is get a shared vision with God. So when you're wholeheartedly devoted to him, you're fully on board with his vision for your life. So learn to surrender yours and align yourself with his. And if you're wondering what his vision for your life is, it's found in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, where it says God created us in his image. We were made to look like him, and God cares a lot more about you becoming like him than he cares about the specific thing that you're doing. So ask him, how, ask yourself actually, in this season of my life, in what I'm doing, am I becoming more like Jesus? And if the answer to that question is no and you want to be devoted, turn around and start pursuing him. If the answer to that question is yes, take it a step further and ask Holy Spirit, how are you making me more like Jesus in this season? Because when he highlights, highlights that to you and you're aware of it, you can be an active participant in his vision for your life and be intentional about pursuing that. So, point two, get shared experience with God. There have been times in my life where I do life kind of doing my own thing and thinking that God's trailing behind me and it's just going to bless what I'm doing. <laughs> and it's not fun because that's actually not how we're meant to do life with God. We're meant to do it with him hand in hand, with him leading us. Like when you have a friend and you're doing life together and you're connecting and you're having great conversation and you have things in common, it's a lot of fun and you feel really connected to that person. Same thing with God. He wants to be the center of everything that we do. So throughout your day, just do life with him. Check in with him like you would a friend. Remember him in the ordinary. Live life in a never-ending conversation with him. The Bible says pray without ceasing. Cultivate that kind of daily doing life together relationship with God and invite him into it. Three, honesty. Get honest with God. Jesus says in John chapter four that the father is looking for those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. So that means when we worship, we're putting our spirit out front and declaring who he is and what he can do. And we're also being honest about it. So for singing about surrender, your life needs to actively reflect that surrender to him. If we're singing about how strong God is, recall a time when God actually showed himself strong to you and make your worship to him personal. You're cultivating a personal relationship with him. So, the other thing is God wants to be honest with you too. So ask yourself, do you, do you heed his conviction? 
If he's telling you something that you don't want to hear, but you know he's right, do you listen? Or do you push it off to the side? Do you sugarcoat his word to suit the life that you're comfortable with? Or do you allow the truth of his word to actually transform you? Point four, vulnerability. This is sharing your heart with somebody. In Psalm 139, David prays a really dangerous prayer and says, Search me, O God, and know my anxious heart. Test me and see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me into the life everlasting. Vulnerability means that somebody gets to know you on a deeper level and you get to know them on a deeper level and you're fully invested in that. So invite Holy Spirit to search you. And if you want to catch God's heart, open your Bible and read his word because it's all right here. And make it a prayerful dialogue with him. Like you can actually have a conversation with Holy Spirit while you're reading your Bible. You can actually make that a conversation. That's how he wants to talk to you. And that's how you can respond to him too. Now, all of this was meant to be cultivated in something that we call the secret place. It just means your alone time with God. So intimacy can't be cultivated in a crowd. Because you don't get to know somebody one-on-one -on -one when you're surrounded by other people. And when Jesus was teaching his disciples how to pray and spend time with him, he first told them where to go before he told them what to say. He said, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who stand on the street corners and pray really loudly and really long prayers with really fancy words because they've already received their reward. Because they're looking for the affirmation of people, they're not actually looking to cultivate a relationship with God. But he said, when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray. And your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. We don't often see people standing on street corners praying loudly because that's not really what we do in our culture. That was more something they did in the Bible. But the same principle applies when we post about our devotional life on social media. Same idea. It's like inviting a bunch of your friends and some strangers to crash a date that you're on. It's awkward. And it's weird, and it's not intimate because you just invited the whole world into what you were doing. Same idea. You're meant to cultivate your intimacy with God alone. And the reward of that is just knowing him. That's what God rewards us with, is just knowing him and being fully known by him. And that's the greatest reward that we can actually get because that's what you were made for. And that's actually the only thing that we were made to be satisfied by. And I'm not saying to privatize your faith or your devotion to him because you can't do that. When you're fully devoted to God, it's reflected in your life. And people see the fruit of it and they take notice. So I'm not saying to privatize because you can't do that. I'm saying get alone with him so you can cultivate that. I'm going to pray now. <laughs> Dear Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, that you're searching for hearts that are wanting to cultivate a relationship with you. I thank you, God, that you're looking for a response and you're looking for intimacy because you're such a merciful God. God, I just pray that you'd help us to understand today the reward that it is to just know you, to just experience the power of your love and your presence. That just let it overtake us, Holy Spirit. Come and be part of our lives. God, I just pray that you'd help us to press into your presence and lean into you, God, when it's hard to be devoted. I pray that you'd give us the perseverance and the strength to keep going, 
to go beyond the discipline into the relationship part of it because there is work that goes on behind the scenes, Lord, but it's a joyful work. So God, I just ask that you'd help us to experience your joy, the joy that it is to be in an intimate relationship with you, Lord. In your name I ask, amen. It's amazing. That was a good word too. You guys are just getting fed. All right, no snack packs tonight. <laughs> Sorry. Are you just going to squirt that everywhere? You're good. I did that once. Water bottle everywhere. You remember it. Yeah, yeah okay. It was great. It's core memory. Great. I'm glad I'm part of your core memories. Okay. All right. Our next speaker is Elliot. Check. Hey, everyone. Um, I just want to encourage everyone here. Um, I feel so at home here, and I'm so encouraged as like I walk into the doors. And um, even prior to worship, I was talking to just a fellow brother, and he's like, I'm bringing my Bible to work, reading it on break. Um, he has a Muslim friend that he gives it to to read, and I was just like, oh, praise the Lord. Like, there's other devoted people around you. And just by talking about like how you are serving the Lord, how you're becoming more and more devoted, it actually, it works in your spirit. It actually lifts your faith. So I just thank you for that, uh, that testimony today, wherever you're seated. And uh, yeah, so let's get into it. Um, so the verse of the year for Lake Mount, um, I'm going to read it again, just like Anakin did. Um, it's Second Chronicles 16, 9. And it says, for the eyes of the Lord roam throughout the earth to show himself strong for those who are wholeheartedly devoted to him. And that's what I want to talk to you about, just what it means to be wholeheartedly devoted and be a person who is wholeheartedly devoted to the Lord. Um, so I'm an intern here, and it's been going amazing, um, just plugging in, serving the house of the Lord. And I think um, just falling in love with Jesus, falling in love with his house, and I think that's a big aspect to becoming devoted to something. It's like a love, it's a love thing. Um, and I didn't realize that that was what it was about. But then uh, it started happening to me, and I just want to share that testimony. I want to share um, some scriptures that really led me there, and I hope that it, they'll encourage you just on this journey of um, devoting yourself to Jesus, like the only one that's really worthy of it, um, the only one that actually has eternal life. Like It's like, why not? What, what are the other options, right? And uh, yeah, I'm just praying that um, yeah, we just respond and just together become devoted and see what God can do with that. Um, but yeah, so point number one, um, we used to live undevoted, sinful lives before coming to Jesus, right? That, that was our life. Like we were not devoted to Jesus in any way, shape, or form. And um, a scripture is Romans 5 verse 8. It says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us which is amazing. It's a simple truth, but meditate on that. The more you meditate on scripture, you, you think on it at night, the more you actually want to get to know Jesus, right? And that actually, it gives you such a hunger to learn more and more about him because eventually you hit kind of a wall and you're like, I don't know enough about Jesus. Like, what else do I think about, right? And it gives you a hunger. You're like, I want to I know, I want to think about him more, right? 
um, that thought life. It's just, it's so important in that uh, journey of being devoted. Um, so Jesus saved you from this old sinful lifestyle. Praise the Lord, right? God, God saw us living in this wretched, depraved way of life, and he got involved, right? And he got involved because he loves us. He got involved to actually pick you up and out of that and to actually give you a new available life in the Spirit, um, which is amazing, and that's my next point. You have the Holy Spirit, right? I think that's something that we need to be aware of, right? Like, you have the Holy Spirit living in you. You have Christ, the Spirit of Christ, living in your hearts. You have access to his compassion, access to his joy, right? Access to it all, right? You have access to the power that he lived by, to the devotion that he was by. And that is something that, um, here's a scripture, like this, is, this just totally solidifies it. Peter's addressing a crowd after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. And in verse 38, he says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, and, and then he says, um, for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, right? I love that. I read that. I'm like, oh, I guess I have the Holy Spirit, right? Um, like, I didn't have to question that anymore. I used to be a Christian that was unaware of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Um, and then once I just grasped that, and I, I didn't understand it at first, and I'm still on that journey of understanding it, but meditating on that and really being aware that he's in you, right? And you can, you have access to him in every single situation at work, right? Every conversation, let's say in a witnessing experience, like, Holy Spirit, help me, right? Just under your breath. Um, he's there. He's there. And it's amazing. There is no devoted Christian life without the Holy Spirit. Like, it just doesn't work, right? You'll either do it out of your own strength. You'll feel obligated. You'll feel reluctant. But as that relationship, like, cultivates, it's, it's an amazing way to live life. Um, so, yeah, like, praise the Lord for the Holy Spirit. Um, yeah, that's, that's all that has to be said about that. Um, oh, yeah, that's the next point. Now you can live a new devoted life, right? That's actually possible, right? Because of the Holy Spirit living in you, right? Like, Jesus called you to something. He actually took you out of that just depravity, right? That, that void that could never be filled. And he's like here, like here's son, daughter, like here's a new life in my spirit, right? It's amazing what we have access to right now. That's actually reality. Like we can step into that right now. Um, but I want to read a scripture from Galatians 5. I was talking to another brother and he's like, you got to add this. You got to add this. I'm like, yes. Galatians 5, verse 24 to 25. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. And I just want to unpack that a little bit because it's the crucify flesh part can be a little bit scary. But I think we all understand it. That's why it is kind of scary, right? We kind of understand what it means. Um, but what works for me is, like, I had to start hating the sinful lifestyle that had nothing to do with Jesus. I had to be like, that's actually, I had to call it what it was, right? Like, if God says it's bad, it's bad. Right? If God says it leads to death, it leads to death, regardless if I think it's true or not. Right? And it's just coming to that awareness of like, oh, okay, like I'm just going to agree with God here. Um, I don't want that nonsense, right? And then move on. Even though there's still that like drawing, like I just wanted, like I still wanted it. I knew it wasn't right, right? And then he gives you the Holy Spirit, and by the Spirit you can actually put to death that lifestyle. And that's why you need to cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Right? If that's what you leave with, 100%, amen, that's good. Um, and then keeping in step with the Spirit, and I'm also going to like, share a story about a dog. 
which is cool. I know, right? And I wasn't going to, and then I was like, yeah, Holy Spirit's doing this, okay. Um, so I have a dog, her name is Ruby, she's wild. Um, she loves to run, so I like to go on runs with her. Um, but her nose, like, once she smells something, she's like, like, it's almost impossible to run with her. You need a leash, and you need a choker collar, right? Like, you need those things, right? 100%, or else your shoulder's getting dislocated in this run, you're tripping. Um, and I guess the point of that is it's, the conviction of the Holy Spirit is a lot like that. Um, while Ruby's running, and, like, we're running beside each other, just enjoying life, like, just enjoying it. She loves it. I love it. Um, she kind of veers off, like sees a squirrel, sees something, and like she'll feel that choker collar, but then she'll, she'll go back right to me, right? And that is how you respond to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. It's actually a drawing. It's actually his love being like, stay closer to me, right? Like that's what it is, right? It's like, that's not for you. That's trash. That's going to defile you, corrupt you, wreck your thinking, wreck your relationships, all of it. Um, and that's what conviction is for. So I've just noticed that it's a lot like running with Ruby. It's like I'm the dog. I'm Ruby in this case. The Holy Spirit is the, yeah, the master, right? Um, yeah, right. Shout out dogs, right? Um, but yeah, so that, that's just a very special illustration that it's just like I know the Holy Spirit knows what's best, right? So I'm going to stick close to him. And conviction is just a caller to greater intimacy. And when you're running beside the Holy Spirit, like you're not feeling that like, like, oh, like all the time, right? So, and it's an amazing place to be. Um, his joy is just incredible. Um, the peace, right? The no need for striving, the no worry. Um, do I have time for a testimony? Maybe a minute, okay. Um, my testimony is I was living in duplicity. Um, definitely one foot in the world, one foot in the kingdom, right? Just believed in Jesus, but not devoted, right? And I kind of knew that. And it took a lot of years for it to kind of form into just so much frustration because I knew, like, God's up to something, right? But, like, I don't want to do it. I think it's weird. Um, I don't feel like there's a place in there for me. And um, he convicted me just by his grace um, that that lifestyle is dangerous. He's like, son, that's not, that's not for you. Um, you're dying spiritually, right? And it was just a moment in my room, right? It was just a moment in my room, and um, I prayed, and he delivered that, like, he delivered me from that lifestyle, like, praise the Lord. And he can do that for anyone in this room. All it takes is a hunger and a desire to be more devoted, right? And it's just, like, you let go, right? And you get back up if you fail, because he's with you, he's working in you, um, and he, like, desperately loves you. And you have a place here. Um, so, yeah, I just want to encourage you to just keep going for it. Um, don't let anything kind of stop you. And talk with your brothers and sisters in Christ, right, about what they're doing. Like that simple story of that, that brother bringing the Bible. Like I was like, oh, man, like, I, like we can do this, right? Like this is cool, right? But, yeah, thank you. And, yeah, I'll just pray for you guys. Yes. Heavenly Father, we love you. We love your word. We love the principles that you have for our life, that they protect us, um, that you actually you want to walk with us. You want to just show us good things. You want to bring us to good relationships. You want to bring us to careers that will, like, fulfill us and help uh, lead others to Christ. And uh, Holy Spirit, that is possible with you living on us. So we just, we're aware of you in our hearts right now, and we thank you for everything you've done. We thank you that, um, yeah, you're so patient with us, that you're so gentle, that you, uh, you just reveal truth to us when we desperately need it. 
And uh, I just pray just over this young adult group and myself that um, we just grow in awareness of you, Holy Spirit, and we just learn to love you and to love Jesus more and more and more and more because, Jesus, it's all about you. It's all about what you're doing. Jesus in you is eternal life. Why would, be de- why would we be devoted to anything else? And I, we just praise you and glorify you, and I just ask that you just, yeah, just anoint this young adult group. Make us one body ready to just bring in the kingdom. Like, let your kingdom come. Your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amazing. All right. Our next speaker is Megan Vandercrook. Hello? (laughs) It was me. (laughs) Okay. Hi, guys. I'm Megan. Um, So anyone who has a phone or a notebook, pull them out. It's okay. I know we're told not to often, but pull it out because I have a few reflection questions uh, throughout this message. So I would recommend writing them down as I speak to bring them up in your quiet time with Jesus later. Yeah? Still doing that? Okay, cool. (laughs) Okay, so since the start of this year, I have been reading through the New Testament and actually dissecting what it means to be a Jesus follower. Um, Because often, you know, we just read the Bible and we're like, oh, that's a nice tidbit for the day. (laughs) I'll go on and then we forget about it. Or at least I do. So I, if you don't mind, I'd like to take you on a hopefully seven minute journey of what God has been stirring in me (laughs) over uh, the past week or so. So Matthew 5 hit a little different when I read, if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Kind of intense. Um, I think hearing that verse probably evokes two responses. So one from all of my church kids growing up thinking I've heard that a lot. Um, And then number two, you could be thinking that seems a little drastic or both. Uh, But when we understand what's being said here, uh, Jesus is actually sharing a lot of wisdom. So he's saying in order to wage war against sin and become fully devoted to him, we don't just say, shoo, I sinned again, but we actually get to know our minds and ask ourselves those those questions, get to know those thought patterns, um, and what actually brings us to the point of partnering with that sin, all the little steps in between. And we make it really hard then after that for us to do it again by cutting off our access points. So it's about recognizing and creating barriers to things that aren't totally sins yet, but that we can actually see, looking in hindsight, will be a hindrance to our spiritual formation as we continue down that road. So the question we can ask ourselves, first question, uh, if we're wondering if something is godly or not, we ask, will this draw me closer to God? We're not just living out the Christian dues, but when we build intimacy with Jesus, the outflow is total devotion of him. So I have a question for you. What are you devoted to? So as Elijah was saying, you're devoted, period, as a human. So what are you devoted to? If one of your acquaintances, someone who doesn't fully know you, 
were to ask about you, would they say you're a disciple about Jesus or a disciple of Jesus? Or would they notice something else first, that you're a plumber, a gym rat? Sorry if I'm coming for someone. Um, but what comes before your devotion to Jesus? An unknown philosopher that Pastor John Mark Homer quotes, a few of you guys know that I love him, uh, he says, human beings are meant to be dynamic, not static. Whether we're Christian or not, we're all on a journey of spiritual formation. It just matters what we allow to form us. Who are you being formed into is another good question. We are always becoming someone. So there's things that we can choose to partake in that are actually building desires for either godliness or ungodliness. An example that's pretty low-hanging fruit is listening to explicit music. I had a conversation with a friend about this a while ago, and for both of us, a difficult part of our spiritual journey was giving up secular rap. We talked about how it made us feel so powerful at the gym or walking downtown Toronto, but, you know, you're just like a boss. Um, But when we actually... Uh, what we recognized when we asked ourselves questions and got to know the thought pattern behind it, we noticed that it felt good because we were actually worshiping self instead of God. You may think that you're not easily influenced, words are tough, uh, like we did, but when you partner with ungodly things, you're actually building a stronger desire for it and becoming desensitized to the explicit messages that you're passively receiving. So are we being intentional in the way that we devote our lives to God, or are we allowing other things we're devoted to to form us? So I have two examples of people who were fully devoted to God in the Bible who we can learn from. Uh, My pod knows about this one from a few weeks ago, but I have recently been really struck by how devoted Joseph, Jesus' earthly father, was and how he lived. So there's a few indications in Matthew 1 and 2 as to the kind of man that Joseph was. First, it says that when he found out that Mary was pregnant, he decided to divorce her quietly instead of causing her more public disgrace than she'd actually get once she started showing. It also mentions that Joseph didn't sleep with Mary until after Jesus was born, showing his selflessness and reverence for what God was doing in their midst. Lastly, it says that Joseph was visited by an angel of the Lord in four different dreams. You always think of that one, but there's actually four. Uh, Joseph had to have had been so intimate with God to hear directly from his messengers and recognize that it was God's voice. Joseph responded with, yes, Lord, and took immediate action the morning after each dream. It wasn't like he just sat on it for a week, you know. So God continued to speak to Joseph in this way because he saw how Joseph was stewarding the gift. So I want to encourage all of us to remember the moments we have here at the altar and actually carry them into the next day, responding immediately to conviction and revelation because that's specific to you. That's something God spoke into your mind because he has direct access there and he wants you to do something about it. It's that partnering we're talking about. So the second example I heard on a podcast this week, and it blew me away. So the first century Ephesus was home to the temple of Aphrodite, the goddess of sexuality and fertility. I'm sure you guys have heard that name before. 
Um, but people would come from all over to have sex in the temple in order to gain favor from the gods. The city was also a major financial hub with lots of tourists coming in and out all of the time. But as many as you know, as many of you know, God directed Paul to build a church right in the center of this sinful city, which is, I would like to actually ask him that question, like, <laughs> how was that? Like, were you like, God, are you sure? Um, I would have been for sure. But because of uh, the, the anointing of obedient ones within that city, God started, uh, the church started flourishing by God's power. So much so that the economy actually crashed because so many people were separating themselves from sin. For example, they stopped buying idols. So all of those little shops actually started shutting down. So are we as Christians so radical in the way that we live that we influence the world around us? Or is it the opposite? Are we allowing the world around us to dictate how we live? So lastly, I'm just going to go into how do we become devoted? So you guys have heard the verse of the year already. So God is, you know, his eyes are roaming around. He's looking for those who are devoted. He wants to partner with us. Um, so there's a sweet invitation there to rest and learn under the authority of Jesus. When we're fully devoted to him, he gives us strength, as this verse says, and a lightness when we lay aside constantly playing catch up with someone who's ahead of us in finances, career, degrees, relationships, whatever that is for you. So I have four biblical points that will help us to pursue being more fully devoted. The first one is come into confession, and this one is James 5.16. So unless you see yourself as a sinner, you won't see your need for a savior. In our sin nature, we want to hide our sin and post our highlights. The Bible encourages us to confess and pray with one another so we can be healed. The second one is redirect the slippery slope, 2 Timothy 2.22. Start by asking yourself the hard questions. What, uh, what things are a part of your week that don't draw you closer to God? It's a really good one to ask on a Monday night. <laughs> part of this process could be to exchange music we know aren't creating ho- uh, healthy thought patterns or even to make it a priority to get more sleep because new slash caring for our bodies is actually a spiritual discipline because it's the place where the Holy Spirit resides. So also, are we challenging ourselves to be uncomfortable as we pursue holiness? The third one is give God our time, energy, and resources. This is Matthew 6.33. By definition, being devoted to someone is giving them our time, energy, and resource. Take moments throughout the day to breathe in and stay quiet to wait for that still, small voice. When we do this, we enter into a protected realm with Jesus where temptation becomes easier to resist. So give yourself those moments. Value building our character over building our career. Doing this is what will set us apart. When our day is so focused on pleasing him and growing in our character, he'll bless this and the rest will follow. The last point, number four, is pursue more of Jesus. This is Matthew 5, 6. We can actually train our minds to become like the mind of Christ by hungering and thirsting after righteousness. 
Jesus promises that when we do this, he will actually fill us. If we were to exchange our screen time hours with time in scripture, worship, and silence with Jesus, think of what an impact that would have on not only ourselves, but the people around us. So finally, I don't want this to be heavy, but think of it as an invitation. If every single decision we make with our time, energy, and resources form us into who we're going to be in six months, five years, or 20, we have so many opportunities to become devoted ones. So I'll leave you with one more question. How are you becoming holier each day? Let me pray. God, I thank you so much for every single individual in this room. I thank you that everyone has a different story with you. I thank you that as we go into our time of reflection, God, that you would just bring up memories, um, spaces that we met you in, God. That you would just make those real to us again, Jesus. That you would come and, and have an encounter with us, God. And that you would reveal to us how you want us to take this next step in becoming more fully devoted to you, God. And we just thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So good. Okay, here's what I want to encourage for tonight. Holy Spirit laid on my heart, which I just love your guys' messages. Holy Spirit laid on my heart the word, the great pretender. I felt like he actually wants to bring a deliverance tonight from what we conceptually think to walking in confidence of I am his and I am devoted to him. There is an exchange that is going to happen tonight, but it's coming from purpose and it's coming from truth of there is a narrow way. Our job is I acknowledge it's narrow and I want it. Okay? There's a secret place that I'm about to grab hold of and I want it. There's a freedom from sin that he already provided, and it's mine. And what are the things that I need to recognize in my life that are little traps that I can actually say, I'm not partnering with this anymore. I'm done. I'm done being the pretender. I'm done thinking this is powerless. I'm done tripping all the time. I'm just, I'm done. Because God said that there's freedom for you. And I just, there is such a sweet deliverance in this room of I'm actually fully stepping in tonight. And when I step in, this is all me and him. And I'm not tripping up anymore. There is a, a grace for freedom in this room. So what I want to encourage you to do tonight is to take the notes and the thoughts. And I want you to find a place either around here with your Bible and your notepad, and we're going to go after God in a secret time. We can't have him without having him intimacy. Okay, we're going to do that, not by all singing together, but by encountering him alone in this room under the presence of the Holy Spirit tonight. Does that make sense? Are you guys with me?
Okay. I just want to encourage you, also in the Old Testament, when the people left, like being in slavery, when the people of God, Moses was leading them out, out of slavery, you know what they begged for when they got to the other side? Slavery. It was better then. It was better then because it felt mundane to them. Okay, slavery has a purpose and a drive in it. So does sin. But freedom has its own purpose and we need to fully grasp what freedom means to us or we're always going to long for sin. Okay, and that's where the pretending comes because this can be stronger than freedom. But it's the agreement and I don't need to do this. It's the cutting it off. It's agreeing in intimacy. I'm done with that. It's the narrow way. And today, there's just a gift of the Holy Spirit to really grasp the gift of the cross, the gift of freedom. So let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, I just welcome your presence tonight. I thank you for your word. I thank you that it's powerful, that it's effective, that it, it uproots things in us that need to be destroyed. And it also plants things in us that need to give us hope. And so, Father, I ask that tonight in our hearts and in our spirits, in our minds, Father, that you would uproot everything in us that has a tie to slavery and sin and a way that keeps us from you being fully engaged and keeps us tied to shame and the past. God, I ask that tonight... Lord, what you would plant in us is hope and that we would get anchored to hope that you are our portion. You are the one who searches the deep places and you know us and you bought us for freedom. God, I pray that you would plant the hope of life and life to the full, that we could not just know about it, we could not just confess a scripture, but we could have it tonight. And so, Father, we welcome you, Holy Spirit, we welcome you. What we need to repent of, God, we open the door for you to fully search us tonight. Fully search us tonight, God, our longings, our desires, where they come from, every part of us. Let us be fully known by you tonight. And Father, we just say, come, Holy Spirit. As you're searching us, give us hope that we're anchored to you through faith. Through faith in you, would you anchor us to freedom tonight in the name of Jesus. So I just want to encourage you to just grab a place in this room where you are not with everybody. You can talk about this in like 10 minutes, but I just, we want to give the Holy Spirit some time to not just search us, but to lead us into a way that's everlasting. So if you just want to find a place with a notebook and your Bible and just let him minister to you and teach you tonight. Thanks for listening to the Lake Mount Young Adults Podcast. For more information, please visit us at lakemount.ca or follow us on Instagram at lakemountya. Have an amazing week and we hope to see you soon.